This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives here and is on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling today? (laughs) Uh, I've had a stressful day. Yeah. I've decided to be honest. That's good. Yeah, yeah. But this will be fun. It's always fun. Uh, e- even in days where I'm extremely stressed and like, God, more stuff to do. Uh, once we sit down and start talking, uh, this uh, strange thing called happiness comes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. It's extremely, extremely weird. So I'm happy to have that. We've been talking about lots of different things while you and I have been doing uh, the podcast from deep conceptual things to pop culture things to kind of obsessions from earlier points in our life. But this week, I just really felt like I needed to talk about something fun, something that uh, doesn't have too high of stakes. I'm sure there are ways in which it has high stakes, but eh, you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are going to talk about what I think is an obsession we both have, and that is cheese. 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 Wonderful, glorious cheese. So uh, let's just start there with just a starting point. Do you think you're obsessed with cheese? Yeah, probably. Okay, okay, good. I think I'm obsessed with cheese. Uh, So it is a legitimate obsession for both of us. (laughs) This isn't one where I interview you or you interview me. We're both obsessed. Yeah. Um, And probably because we like eating it, it's the thing that cheese is for. So we're obsessed with eating it. But are you also interested in it beyond just enjoying it as a food? Is it, uh, are you interested in the history of it? the culture of it, how it is interwoven into your life. Why is cheese an obsession? Ooh, well, now I've got a new thing to look into, which is the history of cheese, because <laughs> I haven't really thought about it before. Um, I think, I mean, it's it's the enjoyment of it, but I think for also for me, it's the, I enjoy different kinds of cheese, but I also have, like, to, there's kind of multiple layers to it. Like, I enjoy cheese, just period. Um, I enjoy eating it, but also I feel like there's a lot of times, um, you know, like cheese goes on bread, which is also a food I like, or like (laughs) wine and cheese. So I feel like there's, and the idea of kind of a a platter, a spread, you know, you've got like cheese and some fruit and some crackers, and that tends to be both a like food I like, but also kind of in um, pre-current times, an indication of spending time with friends or with family so it's got kind of fun good conversation vibes to me as well so uh, on one hand cheese is sort of like the the black of clothing choices cheese goes with with everything it's always like a fun accompaniment i'd say cheese goes with most things we're talking food wise um but (laughs) (laughs) well when you're saying it's an always an and like wine and cheese and a platter of cheese and fruit that's what i meant by that yes yeah absolutely okay you seem troubled by that for some reason no, no, I thought you were saying like cheese goes on everything, and I, I would say that there are some things cheese is not great on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, food-wise and other objects that yeah. uh, cheese should not be on. Yeah, no, so what I was saying is though that it's a complementary food. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. I think so, at least. And then a comfort thing as well. Is that is that a safe way to uh, sum up the other thing you were saying? Yeah, and it's just, it's something that I enjoy the flavor of, and actually I think complementary is a great word for it, even with food. Because I feel like sometimes it complements what it is with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm definitely interested in the in the comfort part, uh, and I want to talk about that more a little bit later. But I think I, the reason I wanted to start with this is like mm-hmm. obviously we both enjoy eating cheese, and we will talk plenty about that. Okay. Uh, but I'm also interested in it as kind of it's a weird thing, e- even in the jokey way we're we're doing it. It's a weird thing to say I'm obsessed with this food without being like an expert. Like you know, I yeah. know people who are actually like work at the specialty counter at Whole Foods, and like that's an actual expert on cheese. That wouldn't be weird to be obsessed with it. But there is this kind of uh, I don't know. In it, it really emerged in social media that people would become obsessed with foods. Like for a while on Twitter, it was like a thing to be like i'm a bacon account and all of my jokes are about how much i love bacon and like foods go through this weird sort of like uh where people almost uh end up doing a little bit of personal branding Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. i am a star wars and cheese person Mm -hmm. and sometimes i think that is weird so i was kind of investigating for myself like when i say i'm obsessed with cheese why because is it you know yeah why is it well i think it's because it is a comfort food 
is a huge part of it. And I think it's just something that has been in my life that has given me joy for an extremely long time. So it feels, I mean, I guess comfort is the safest way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me that that's the the main thing is that it is maybe there is some element of and maybe this goes to comfort too of just having it be something that has been in my life for a long time mm-hmm. that is nice and consistent that makes sense yeah, yeah 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 um so what are your earliest memories of cheese do Ooh. you have early memories of enjoying it or being encouraged to eat it or discouraged to eat it um no, I don't necessarily have early memories of being encouraged or discouraged um, but the earliest thing that I can remember is we used to, I don't know if they, I don't think they sell it this way anymore. Maybe they still do. But, um, the time my family lived in Minnesota, um, and we would get Colby cheese that was round and like in the wax thing. Yeah. And that, like, I remember not quite getting that there are different kinds of cheeses, but that was, I was like, oh, I want the, like the round one with the cool thing. <laughs> uh, not to be confused a little bit later in my life with liverwurst which also looked similar color on the outside because of the wrapping, but I did not like that. <laughs> so you would say, give me one of the wrapping things, but the good one. <laughs> the good one. Uh, so did you think Colby was the only cheese because that was the only cheese that was being brought into the home? No, I think we had other cheeses, but I liked the round cheese. Okay, so for you right away, there was an aesthetic as well as a taste. No, no, I think I was too young to understand the rest of the differences. And so that was how I remember, like, I would get confused about which cheese was which because yeah. I was probably very young. Okay. Like, I'm guessing kind of like three-ish here. Um, and so I would, that was how I differentiated it. Okay. You know, it's not the rectangular cheese. It's the the round cheese. And there was only one round cheese. The oh. other cheeses, there were multiple, like, rectangular ones. Okay. So do you, know, have, do you ever see the Colby that came in, like, a round tube? Uh, I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of cheeses, but th- that one is not one I have like okay. a strong memory of. Okay. Right. Like when you described it to me, it's like, yes, I can imagine cheese coming that way, but I don't like have a strong sense of memory okay. of that. Cause I don't, I think that was probably not a cheese that was brought into my home. I don't, and I don't think we had it for very long. I don't know. Maybe there was a, a dairy farm nearby for a while or something that was selling it to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for myself, like and, and this maybe goes to why I think I have like this deeper connection where like I like to joke about it, but I really don't. The jokes are sincere. I think that's part of what I'm wrestling with this, with this. Like I, I'm I back in the day, I certainly made bacon jokes. I like bacon and I would make bacon jokes because sometimes like for whatever reason, people would be like, yes, 500 retweets. And it was kind of hard to ignore. Uh, and cheese feels more personal than that. And I think I, I think there's an absurdity to it to having a you know personal relationship with the food um but i think it's because it kind of goes back in these deep ways of i i remember liking it i remember mm-hmm. just liking the taste out of what was given to me of like you know early early memories of like i like that more of that um but i have a very specific memory of i think it was sesame street having some sort of calcium is really good for you it'll make you strong your bones will be strong you don't want to be all wobbly you want to have good strong bones and one of the places that you can get calcium is cheese and i in my mind who knows if this was the actual you know uh, sequence of events but i saw that then i was having lunch and i think my dad came home from work for lunch mm-hmm. and i asked for more cheese and I remember my dad saying something like, well, you got to eat some stuff other than cheese. And in my mind, I get I got very mad. <laughs> said, Sesame Street told me that this is what I need. So I'm going to have more cheese. And like a very early memory of pushing back on any sort of uh, parental wisdom. Uh-huh. And I remember my dad being kind of taken aback. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. OK, this this my kid bit my head off uh-huh. <laughs> because the Muppets told him. <laughs> Needs Sesame Street to be pushing broccoli and bananas now. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they did. I think I had some selective hearing when it came to Sesame Street. <laughs> but like, I think I just have memories like that that kind of go deep where it was sort of like something that I I chose. Mm-hmm. Right. And when mm. you're a kid, you 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 even went to that, too, right away of what your first cheese memory is requesting a yeah. specific kind so I think there's a, a, a an element of the obsession with me of like it's always been something that I like, makes me happy, makes me feel comfortable, and I feel like I get to choose this. <laughs> yeah, makes yeah. sense. 
Um, did you ever have a moment where you were discouraged in eating cheese or being told that you were eating too much cheese? Ooh, I mean, I, my immediate family were all cheese lovers, so um, probably not. Um, no, not that I can think of. I mean, maybe later in life, you know, with the whole like, because I'm a vegetarian and have been vegetarian for a very long time, it has often come up like, oh, would you be vegan? And I've honestly said like cheese would be the hardest part for me yeah and it would geez given our lifestyle we, we live <laughs> a very cheese-centric lifestyle so that would be a huge problem and and i know i know <laughs> i i want to um you know stay married to you over giving up cheese and i'm not gonna <laughs> ask you to give up cheese so. <laughs> well thank you i i appreciate that but that is you know that's not a condition of our marriage <laughs> no right? I, it wasn't means, in our vows it was not in our vows so so we're safe um did you eat macaroni and cheese as a kid, because I think for a lot of people, that early relationship and sort of comfort idea of cheese comes from macaroni and cheese. Mm. I did eat macaroni and cheese. I don't think that we ate it a lot. And the thing that I remember about macaroni and cheese is that my mom would add real cheese as well to okay. the macaroni and cheese. Uh, how? Just because it's powdered doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> Well, I think that was probably my take, and I was okay. not so certain about this edition. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, I bring it on. But okay, at the so time, tell, I think I was not. I, I remember, I think that there were probably a few times where either I or possibly my brother were like, well, we just want it the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom both thought she was making it healthier, and I think also was like, what, this is making it better? And like, creamier and putting real cheese in it and you both like real cheese why are you like why is this an issue <laughs> so uh, what was the process was it in what way was real cheese put into like craft macaroni and cheese i mean i don't think i really had a concept of cooking um <laughs> but because i again was probably like five or six but i think like she would shred cheddar or something into the pot when she was okay. making the cheese sauce for the macaroni and cheese yeah and do you remember it actually tasting different? Or were you just like, no, follow the directions on the box. I want the bag of powder. No, I, I mean, it definitely tasted different. Okay. Um, and I probably tasted delicious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I For my, for myself, uh, macaroni and cheese was also like a, a joyful food. You know, there was a time, I think, where every once in a while, my mom would just make a plate of beans like not old westy like lima beans like i think you know she okay. was trying to be healthy and that was like a depressing nightmare evening uh and then evenings where we had macaroni and cheese like are burned in my memory like i remember watching specific episodes of star trek while eating macaroni and cheese and i'm talking about like very young like those memories are from being like four or five years old wow like, I, I watched a piece of the action while wow. <laughs> eating craft macaroni and cheese you yeah know? And I remember uh, a time where my dad made it and forgot the milk. <laughs> and how was that? It was not a great uh, substitution <laughs> to have not milk as a substitution for milk. It, it The consistency was off, put mm -hmm. it that way. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Uh, so did you, ha did you have an attachment to it then? Or was it just like, oh, yeah, uh, that's nice. I like it. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I really had a strong attachment to it. Okay. So beyond... So it wasn't macaroni and cheese that hooked you. You liked the Colby in the the weird container. Yeah, when I was little. The the tube Colby. <laughs> uh, when when then in your life were you like, ooh, wait a minute, I kind of like cheese and I want to seek it out and try new cheese. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know if I've ever had that conversation with myself. Okay, I feel like it's just it's one of those things. It's like a companion that's always been there. So I have neglected it, not had that conversation. I feel like I need to apologize to Cheese now. No, 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 no. But I, I guess maybe I'm asking the question in a weird way. At some point in your mm -hmm. life, you ate cheese other than tube Colby. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So what, was, what, what did you start encountering? Did you, like, I mean, like I went to the state fair, right? And so cheese curds, fried cheese curds were a discovery. Yeah. And things like that. When did other sort of forms of cheese other than just the oh. standard start to be on your radar? You know, probably somewhere like middle school, high school. Um, and I, we, I always ate other cheese as well. I wasn't just Colby. And I just want to be very clear. It was not tube, like squeeze tube. It was round, <laughs> like good cheese. Um, but my, as we got older, my brother and I used to enjoy playing with cooking. 
Okay. Um, and we would usually make something that was some variation on like a baked pasta or pizza thing. So it always included cheese. Okay. Uh, usually mozzarella. And, but I remember having things like maybe like cheeses with dill in them. Okay. Something like that. So that was fun and interesting. Um, and then probably, you know, and my, my parents would buy fun, interesting cheeses and some I was. They still do. They so still I, I do. I assume they did back in the day. Yeah. Um, and we might get to this later, but I did not like blue cheese. So that was like, I always wanted to stay away from those. But I would say as I got kind of was buying my own food, I would, that's when I kind of started to get into it and then had other like friends who would, you know, we would eat like wine and cheese and grapes and have that like nice conversation thing that I was talking about before and got to discover more cheeses. And I, you know, had friends who did spend a lot of time thinking about cheese. Okay. So, um, so that I'd say like, you know, middle school, high schools, if you want an age. Okay. (laughs) Range. (laughs) It's not a job interview. I'm not like making notes of like, and how old were you? Let's see if you can get the job. Uh, yeah, I guess what I'm interested in that question is if there were moments for you where you like discovered a new cheese and it was exciting or if it's just like cheese has just kind of been this pleasant companion. Oh, yeah. And yes, there definitely have been moments when I've discovered cheese um, or new cheeses. Uh, so when I was probably like fairly early out of college, um, I started to buy more smoked goudas and things like that. And that was very <laughs> exciting. Uh, and then when I lived in London, actually, you know, there's such a wide variety of cheeses that just for the most part aren't imported here. Yeah. And so that was really fun to be able to... Um, get to explore like some different british cheeses and english cheeses yeah no when, when i was with you in london that mm-hmm. was great picking out which of the little rectangular cheeses we would eat oh man yeah because sometimes you can fall in in america you can fall into cheese is a put it on things food mm, as opposed yeah. to just a really uh this is you know gourmet to be eaten by itself yeah yeah and now my parents live in wisconsin which is very much a dairy state and they're very proud of their cheeses um and I feel like this was maybe even a thing at the Minnesota State Fair or something where there would be um, places where you go, like try different, for lack of a better word, like kind of um, unexpected. Uh, <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> Surprise say weird, cheese. But, that, but like some unexpected combinations of cheese, which I feel like some of those now, maybe they were mainstream and I just hadn't heard of them. But like putting different types of food in cheese or on the rinds of cheese. Okay. Um, so that's kind of a fun, you know, like people are like, okay, what fruit can I make wine with? It's like, okay, what food can I put in cheese? Um, <laughs> when you say food, do you mean like little bits of something? Yeah, like little, like, um, I, of course, am blanking, like. Uh, cheese with little cherries in it or little oh, peppers yeah. in it or okay. like with a rind that's got certain kinds of nuts or herbs or those are very basic <laughs> examples, um, you know, yeah. things like that. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see how a cheese experiment at the state fair would be yeah. extremely exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just makes you think about it in a different way. Yeah. All the different uh, different possibilities. You touched on this, um, but uh, uh, you, you were mentioning your adulthood. Was there a point at which for you, you were, you decided once you'd become vegetarian that cheese was going to stay with you, that cheese was going to walk through life with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, n- no. And it's one of those things that I have around. So I'm like, mm, well, I could, you know, maybe do like every other day vegan or something. So it's, it's an ongoing, like I enjoy cheese, but I don't need it with every meal. Yeah, okay. And I don't eat it with every meal. Yeah, I mean, I want it with every meal. (laughs) I probably still have it with uh, most meals. I think for me, like entering adulthood, like I knew I liked cheese, but I pretty much, you know, every once in a while as I got older, you know, and would go to the grocery store with, you know, my family, I'd be like, yeah, let's try Swiss this week. And But but for the most part, it's not a lot of cheese experimentation. Uh, And then I think when, you know, I was living on my own and deciding what I would eat, Yeah, it was just like, ah, well, a lot of it was frozen pizza. Or like if I really went crazy, I would make myself macaroni and cheese. Or if I was really being culinary, I would make myself a spaghetti with a bunch of cheese on it. (laughs) And I think that's part of it, too, of like for me, once I was able to choose my own uh, uh, food all Mm -hmm. times, it was almost always uh, cheese-centric. Like even go back to a kid, like I can remember specific burgers at specific places because they had the better cheese or i remember liking 
going to I want to go to this burger place because they put two slices of like aged cheddar and not yeah. just like bullshit kind of fakey American like you can I liked going back to the burger places where you could taste the cheese on the burgers wow yeah so I think for me as I was you know becoming an adult and realizing oh I'm I'm actually making these choices for what the rest of my life would be cheese was a chosen companion yeah <laughs> so back when I was young and did still eat meat I think I usually ordered hamburgers not cheeseburgers really yeah insane like i think i remember i i had to figure out that you could do that because it was just always got a cheeseburger and yeah. i remember i think when we lived in portland we visited seattle once and i saw that there was just a hamburger and i didn't realize that was a thing i was like <laughs> what's that because <laughs> i was so used to just eating cheeseburgers wow and i remember trying a just hamburger in seattle and thinking eh this is this is only okay. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was like a choice that I didn't want cheese on my hamburgers or if it was just like that was what I did. So I kind of fell into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Madness. Mm-hmm. That's pure madness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you also touched on this, but I wanted to uh, find out more about our own relationship on our podcast. Mm. When you and I started dating, I have general memories that we bonded over cheese when we realized it was a staple of both of our diets. Uh, do you do you remember that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Here's. I don't remember the exact moment, but I'm sure it had to happen because it's true. And so I'm sure that that moment happened, and I seems like the type of thing that we would both get very excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just as we were. You know, we were dating, obviously, and that was great. But then we started to transition to that point of dating where we were starting to do day-to-day life things together like mm-hmm. going to the grocery sh- grocery store and uh that would have been uh involved some cheese <laughs> yes <laughs> if i was there uh either one of us you you know did uh, you, you as we started living together you did a lot of cooking and the cooking would often involve cheese and, you know around the same time of like figuring i remember in particular when you said to me like I I hope this is okay. Sometimes uh, at the end of the day, I like to watch an episode of television. <laughs> and I was like, uh huh, <laughs> that's gonna be okay with me. And I think it was around that same sort of time as we were in that part of the relationship where it it is you know all new and exciting, uh, and it's still exciting. Um, but then there's also that like, but then is our day to day going to match? Right. And I don't remember the specific moment or the specific event, but I remember being happy that we were going to be a cheese family. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I agree. Okay. Yeah, no. Good. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't discover anything uh, negative about uh, the beginning of our cheese relationship. (laughs) No, just just a love of cheese. Excellent. Um, What is your relationship with fancy cheese? So you Mm. talked about uh, having parties with wine and getting to to choose the nice cheeses do you have a favorite fancy cheese Ooh, um i mean i like a really old um aged gouda will come to mind yeah um but i used to sometimes get mimolette which is an orange aged i, I think everything's going to come down to being like an aged cheese just because that's what i can think of off the top of my head yeah um and it's always a little awkward with you know, when you've got like a fancy cheese and you don't have the right setup and you're just wandering around because like it's kind of hard with the little knives and who's touching what. And <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a complicated thing. Like yeah. I say it like it's so easy, but then I was picturing trying to cut. So sometimes if I'm like at a slightly larger than just a few people sitting around a coffee table, I'll just eat whichever cheese is easiest. Yeah. As opposed to the one that I want the most. <laughs> So you like the fanciest, softest, closest cheese. I don't like throwing cheese accidentally into somebody's face. I'll put it that way. Like, you know, if you hit it the wrong way and then it goes flying. Is there a traumatic incident? Nope. Okay. I'm just aware of aware of my abilities. <laughs> no, I totally understand uh, what you mean. And I, I, I had some cheese expansion in, in my diet. Uh, for, like I had had smoked Gouda, but I used to go to these movie parties where everybody brought something. And I, my friends brought smoked Gouda once or twice. And I was like, ooh, smoked Gouda. <laughs> Very excited about it. And then it, it sort of, you know, it's one of those things where you, ex- you express something legitimate, but then it becomes lodged in people's minds, a truth about you. And like people who, friends who've gone to that party for a long time would be like, 
All right, here's smoked Gouda for Joseph. <laughs> and it's not that I don't like it. It is one of my very favorite cheeses. But it's one of those things where, like, you, you express interest and suddenly it's a part of your brand. Right. <laughs> to the right people. Yeah. Do you have a favorite fancy cheese? This is something I feel like I should know about. I don't know if smoked Gouda is, would be considered fancy cheese. I, I have had, you know, some very good cheese. But, you know, growing up in particular, I had a lot of, you know, not great cheeses or just, you know, totally normal standard get it at the grocery store it's a block of orange it's cheese Mm -hmm. um so uh, honestly for me a lot of my exposure to cheese that is a little bit more in in, i don't know it's not even about fancy it's a little bit more about like it's more like wine or whiskey where it is made in a with a tradition and in a very specific way so that you can actually discuss it and it brings out these flavors and it crumbles this way and that it's a little bit more like it's a full experience that's not just about the eating it or just about (laughs) drowning your pasta in it that it is about (laughs) this very full experience Mm -hmm. um and i don't feel like i had i encountered that you know at various like you know nonprofit organization fundraisers and my experience there was like yes how do i eat this one uh do i eat the crusty thing on this one is this one supposed to be that gooey or did it uh, melt in the sun <laughs> and, <Yep>. all, and <laughs> all, yes, try not to cut it where I embarrass myself or hurt someone or eat the whole thing accidentally all that stuff I think I appreciated uh, finer and more complex and more interesting cheeses with you mm-hmm. and uh, in particular being in London yeah yeah I would absolutely agree certainly there and also just um, other ones that we've bought coming to mind as recently we bought one that had a balsamic vinegar rind oh, yeah. and it was just kind of intriguing and very fun and i really enjoy honestly i think i enjoy tasting different cheeses with you because i know how much you enjoy cheese <laughs> but it's also like we know each other we like each other we're not gonna like you know we like oh, you don't like that cheese i'm done being friends with you <laughs> not that any of my friends would do that but <laughs> that i'm aware of well they're probably gone now cheese haters <laughs> um but it's just it's one of those things that's kind of a both weird but fun to experience together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you bring cheeses home like a treat. Like I do. You you have there are days where you have especially when you know I'm working hard on something or going through a stressful time that you will come home from uh, shopping and you'll either be like, "Look, I got you an action figure," or "Look, I got you some cheese." There, I, in fact, I have a tweet about it that I've used in some shows where you came home one day and were like, uh, I know you've had a hard day, so here. And I don't know how or why it was sliced, but somehow out of your bags, you just pulled out a slice <laughs> of smoked Gouda cheese <laughs> like this weird magician. I had heard the rumors. <laughs> you like smoked Gouda. <laughs> it's true. I do like smoked Gouda. Uh, so, again, I think that kind of goes to the comfort thing. But for fancy cheeses, yeah, I mean, I really just, I like the, the you've got that cheese that was got like a little bit of like cinnamon in it, right? Like on mm. the rind or like it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a Christmas cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's like an Asiago with the cinnamon rind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I really like that. Uh, we've got smoked cheddar of late, which mm-hmm. that's insanely good. Yeah. You know, any cheese that you really enjoy smelling as, as much as you enjoy eating it. Yeah. Actually, absolutely. Um, I feel that way about some parmesans as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you've got you've got some good uh, parmesans as well. Mm-hmm. What remind me of the English cheese that you? Because sometimes you get us good English cheese. Like mm-hmm. the what is that when we get that? Um, honestly, there's a few different ones, and it kind of depends on what I can find. I think that the one that I often liked the most was uh, maybe Gloucester. Ooh, yeah. Which is kind of a creamy color and a little crumbly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's Wensleydale. Oh, which yeah. I know we got in London. I don't know that we've gotten it here. Um, Red Leicester probably is the other. Those are like the three that jumped to my mind. Yeah. But I'm sure there are, I know, obviously, there are many other cheeses. Yeah, the crumbly one on a crumpet, that's the one. Yeah. That, uh, that it makes me very, very happy. Yeah. Just thinking about. Yeah, it's hard I to even concentrate. Really want that right now. <laughs> I really want that right now too. We maybe should not have recorded this <laughs> cheese podcast later in the evening before we've had dinner. <laughs> now I know what we're having for dinner. Uh, let's talk about not as fancy cheese. Yeah. Now, uh, what would did you have any experience? I, I know your your parents uh, uh, t- took a lot of effort to um, make good food. Obviously, they're 
putting real cheese in Kraft macaroni and cheese. There's an effort there. But did you ever have things like Velveeta slices or oh, yeah. any sort of like fakey, not great cheese? I was a kid. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not a sign to children. It's not like um, you get your license for grown-up cheese. I mean, I feel like at least people of our age, like most most kids had Velveeta. Um, so, yes, I, I absolutely had Velveeta. Like single um, wrap? Like just absolutely destroy oh, the world single wrap? Yeah, I totally forgot about that. How horrid. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, um, like, you know, like the block of Velveeta, it was really good for making grilled cheese. And oh, honestly, yeah. grilled cheese was probably one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. So maybe that was one of my replacements for mac and cheese would be grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. So what, so you enjoyed the Velveeta? So I, yeah, I did. Um, and I seem to remember having a lot of Swiss as well as kind of the basic cheddar and Colby. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the C's that I had to tell apart because one was round <laughs> for a very short time until we left that place and... Then I haven't really seen round Colby since then. Oh, man, you're going to get such an interesting Christmas present this year. <laughs> Just box after box of round Colby. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about cheese curds? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I love cheese curds. I love cheese curds, and I love that you love them. Would you consider them a fancy cheese? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like, yes and no. Here's the thing. Like, cheese curds, good cheese curds, squeaky. They're fancy because they're hard to get unless okay. you live in the areas where they're made and then you know they are put out on thursday so go to the store on thursday because by saturday they're not squeaky anymore yeah so i feel like they're <laughs> if not they're they're a coveted cheese not necessarily a fancy cheese yeah and i mean my distinction between fancy and not fancy is uh not a great distinction so you like the the ones that squeak mm -hmm. is that for flavor as well as the <laughs> the sound um, yeah, and freshness. Yeah. And there's just, there's that extra, like, crispness to the flavor. Yeah. And they're still squeaky. And they're still squeaky. Yeah. So you, I assume, are going to prefer nice, fresh, squeaky, naked little cheese curds, not, like, breaded, deep-fried cheese curds. That is correct. Okay. But do you still like the breaded, deep-fried cheese curds, or does it feel like, eh, I got to be really careful about these because that's not the greatest thing to eat? For health. <laughs> well, yes to both. <laughs> um, I still I like deep deep fried cheese curds. I can't eat too many of them because um, I get very full and gross feeling. <laughs> uh, and I don't like them when they aren't like they can't be so hot that they burn your mouth, but they can't be cold because then you just taste the grease. Right. There's a window where you must strike. Yeah. But yeah. during that window, absolutely. <laughs> Give me a little basket of cheese curds and I will be all over it. Yeah. Okay. So you are at a like a good kind of old schooly pizza place. Like it's got some history in the walls. Yeah. Like the, you, you can, there's a little bit of a different uh, taste to anything that comes out of that kitchen because that kitchen's been there for a long time and there are memories there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you order cheese, breaded cheese curds or mozzarella cheese sticks? Oh. A place like that, if they've got breaded cheese curds on the menu, I'm going to order bre breaded cheese curds. Because okay. I'm going to assume that those are maybe a little bit more local to the restaurant or the area. And the breaded cheese sticks have a higher likelihood of being, the mozzarella cheese sticks have a higher likelihood of being frozen. Oh, good. Oh, very. Yeah, that's extremely smart. Yeah. I I love mozzarella cheese sticks. This whole podcast is just me. <laughs> <laughs> saying a cheese and going, I love that. Uh, there's a place in uh, Minneapolis uh, where we lived for, for many years, uh, the, the Leaning Tower of Pizza, that I would often get. Uh, I always got the mozzarella sticks. Those Even were... if I just got a cheese pizza, uh, you know, I would have the cheese sticks as an appetizer and then an entire cheese pizza. And I'm still alive and I don't know how. <laughs> Because I would show up and order a salad. <laughs> yeah, and I would watch <laughs> you, you eat it. I, I resisted. Um, their mozzarella cheese sticks were particularly good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I want as soon or as we are. can go back, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, and get some of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, I wanted to ask you about the, you know, not great cheeses, because I think that's a, a part of my journey, is uh, my family really, uh, I, my when I was younger, my mom was a little bit more in that wave of, wanting to be really healthy so mm -hmm. you know that's where the hey lima beans for dinner was coming from and then there was a slide <laughs> into not as healthy around our household and like there was 
I remember one particular summer where I think there was the novelty of the microwave. Mm-hmm. Like I think it, we, it was, I think it was the first time we had a microwave and for like a while, just my, it, that was a special thing when we visited my grandma, like she had a microwave. And I think the individually sliced thing was relatively new. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, you don't need to cut it. <laughs> so it seems so lazy and destructive now. Uh, but I specifically remember whatever local station would air old repeats of the honeymooners every night. Oh. And like it was like I was old enough to prepare something for myself. So I would just get a bun and melt like four pieces <laughs> of that cheese, each individually unwrapped, which is probably more work on wrapping them. <laughs> Then it would be to cut a block of cheese. How are you still alive? And then I would just make this mammoth melted cheese monstrosity and watch the honeymooners. Uh, and that was one of the only uh, like <laughs> negative cheese experiences of my life. Yeah. Where I did that enough uh, nights in a row that it, there was just one night where I was like, wait, this doesn't sound good. What does it? This sounds awful. Wow. I cannot possibly eat. Like it, it was one of those foods where like, well, this is kind of weird and and uh, then and good and then suddenly one night yeah I don't know if it's like just my body you know held a meeting with itself <laughs> <laughs> and it was a stage in a protest and it was just like no yeah and then like, yeah and then and then that kind of that specific real fake kind of Velveeta that's individually wrapped and is like meant I think was you know, probably scientifically developed for, you know, post-nuclear disaster mm-hmm. kind of cheese was like, no. So then were you off cheese for a little while? No, just or that just kind of cheese. just off Velveeta? Yeah. Okay. Just off that kind of Velveeta. Yeah. Yeah. But I still like, Interesting. like really basic cheese. And I, I think another weird and fun cheese memory for me is from my perspective when I was uh, quite a bit younger, like just one day there was a massive block of cheese like not a grocery store block of cheese like a huge mountain of cheese like you could have carved like castle grayskull out of the cheese and in your house or in in, in your house yeah no (laughs) on the street just on the street i found it it's mine uh and i remember it being kind of weird tasting but kind of really good and really different and i just enjoyed that and you know i was young enough that like and that cheese didn't come back because i didn't you know have full control over what cheeses (laughs) came in and out of my house and then, like, years, years later, you know, some mean kid on the playground was, like, making fun of some kid for uh, getting government cheese. And I was like, the government gives people cheese? <laughs> <laughs> and then as I discovered more about it, I was like, oh, we got, I guess we got government cheese. That was really good, <laughs> to my memory. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So if the government ever wants to send me cheese, I would be happy with that. <laughs> I think that would be a very, very good thing. Uh Let's talk about your dislike of blue cheese. Yeah. I know it's always hard to answer the question, why do you not like something? Because you just put it in your mouth and your body goes, no. Mm -hmm. But do you have, like for me, sometimes when I don't like food, it's like a texture thing or it's, you know, the wrong mix of like sour or like there's even some cheese that's like, I don't mind the uh, the super fresh cheese curd sometimes being like a little damp, the squeaky ones. Mm-hmm. But other cheese being damp is like, no, no absolutely. That's gross. <laughs> right. Even if it's like, no, it's okay. It's supposed to be a little sweaty. Like, I, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> not eating sweaty cheese. Uh-huh. Uh, so sometimes I can verbalize why I don't like something. Uh, is, is there a way for you to verbalize why you don't like blue cheese? Yes. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> to me. And I'm, I honestly don't know at which point it's the smell versus the taste but to me it smells horrible and it tastes even worse than it smells and i just can't get past that okay so do you feel like if you couldn't smell it you might like the taste Mm. or is it just too just sharp and weird and different maybe but you know (laughs) if I've everyone's I feel like there've been a few times because you know it's one of those things that you know taste buds change as you get older and I, you know, people always want to put gorgonzola in things. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll try this thing with gorgonzola. No, gross. And like sometimes you can't even necessarily smell it before you taste it. But as soon as I taste it, it's like my tongue experiences whatever that smelling of, no, this is horrible and stinks, whatever that tongue um, parallel reaction is. Okay. And it just is like, no. And I can't, like, I just can't touch things then that have blue cheese or gorgonzola anything in that kind of stinky family okay it's, so you, you just have like a fight or flight 
tongue reaction. I do. <laughs> I would like to see that uh, uh, fight where you just <laughs> you eat blue cheese and then just kick somebody. Yeah, great. I mean, granted, like Desert Island, the only food I have is blue cheese. So I'll learn to live with it. But yeah, I think this is really helping me understand my own relationship with cheese is because so many different cheeses I have like a memory. Mm-hmm. Like uh, for a while, um, I was going to a restaurant that was right by one of my early apartments in Minneapolis. And I believe it was Sydney's. It was like a pasta place. Um, and I ordered, I can't remember, like fettuccine. I don't know. Some, some sort of white pasta, mm-hmm. you know, white sauce pasta. And the server's like, oh, well, you, would you like a bacon and gorgonzola with that? And I was just like, yeah, I would. And then uh, it was really good. And I really enjoyed the gorgonzola. And then I kept going back there and I kept ordering with bacon and gorgonzola. And the other servers would just kind of go, okay. And I'd be like, what's the problem? And then I eventually figured out that that server just like for some reason, I don't know, they were just feeling fancy. It wasn't like, (laughs) it wasn't a standard upsell on the menu. So (laughs) I was going into this very common pasta place like I was James Bond, like at the Fettuccine Alfredo with gorgonzola and bacon. (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So I have memories. So many happy memories of different cheeses. Yeah. 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 Goat cheese. Yeah. When and where and how did you fall in love with goat cheese? Oh, you know, that's a great question. And I don't remember. And that's sad. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's definitely as an adult thing. I just don't remember goat cheese being around much. Yeah. Maybe like later in teenage years. Um, so, but then I was in France and got to have chev goat cheese as it's, it's called, called there but there I had to, if i said goat cheese they would be mean to me um but there's such a wide range of goat cheeses there because some are very um mild like we tend to think of goat cheese here but some are very astringent and um smell like you would think with a blue cheese smell yeah um so i'm gonna say somewhere like early you know somewhere late teens early 20s somewhere in there yeah um and i feel like it was kind of you know you mentioned like non-profit fundraisers earlier <laughs> i worked for a lot of nonprofits. i feel like that's probably at places like that that it you know it would be out and you'd have it on crackers or i'm, I'm sure my parents had it and so i'd eat it with the entire thing before dinner with them because i would eat far too many <laughs> cheese and crackers um and spoil my appetite most most days um yeah so somewhere in there yeah okay i i i know i had it somewhere probably at like yeah like at, at like a relative's dinner where they had nicer cheese or some some you know i'm sure i had some encounter with goat cheese i was aware of its existence i like both cheese and goat so why would i not <laughs> be super excited for that but i get i got super excited about goat cheese uh at a specific pizza place where it was you know one of the options and it was just i that was the first time i encountered like wait i can order a pizza that already has cheese on it. And then one of the toppings could be an additional kind of cheese. cheese. And it was, uh, it was heaven from yeah. then on. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think my big goat cheese was discovering goat cheese on salads. Oh, yeah. And like, what? You can put cheese on a salad. You can put like good, real like goat cheese on a salad. Yeah. Or even have it toasted and put that on a salad. That is the most amazing thing in the world to me. Yeah. And you put goat cheese in the great pasta sauce that you make. Too. here in this very time that is the present <laughs> and it's so good <laughs> and i like fall for it every time because you experiment with the pasta sauces and you make mm-hmm. them a little bit different and they're all always really really good and i feel so lucky and then <laughs> i feel like it's happened like three times in the last two months where you make pasta and i'm like this is insanely good what did you do and every time you're like i just put goat cheese in <laughs> i think this last time it really was just goat cheese it, it's really and good uh are you impacted by the presentation when you're purchasing cheese because we we talked about this a little bit with the interest in uh, wine in particular that Mm -hmm. like yeah you can be a connoisseur of obviously the flavor but a lot of wine purchases are like what's the name is the little logo or image funny or interesting are you affected in that same way when you're kind of shopping for like oh i want to try just like a a small bit of higher end cheese Are, Mm. are you if it's like got a weird name like you know the frog viking and it's a picture of a frog with a longboat are you like yeah i'm gonna try that cheese because it's weird 
I mean, I think I did buy drunken goat cheese because of the name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but that's the only time that I can think of that I've bought cheese because of the name. Okay. Um, and and like the presentation so often, you know, especially nicer cheeses, it's, you know, they're they're wrapped in their plastic or they're there in their wheels and they'll cut, you know, the cheesemonger will cut your slice off for you or whatever. So I think for me, it's much more about the description. Okay. Um, which is not always written by the people that are trying to sell the cheese. It's often written by the cheesemonger, I think. Maybe not. Or like the little cheese reviews of, oh, this person. You know, like they have like staff favorites and bookstores. Yeah. Like staff favorite. Here's why. You know, like this one tastes like butter on a summer afternoon in the hills of the Alps. <laughs> Eat it with grapes and, you know, a light sparkling white wine. And I'll be like, yes, please. Okay. So are you sold by that picture? Like, is it a little bit of that sort of advertising where it's like, it's not just that this will taste good. It's that I will imagine being having a picnic on the Alps. <laughs> oh, it's probably both. Yeah. I think it's also that I have found because I do, I like so many cheeses, but I do have a problem with some cheeses that look innocent, but then have a scent. <laughs> <laughs> You're suckered in by innocent cheese that actually has a scent. It has an offensive scent. An offensive scent. To me. Okay, so you always check, like, does it have a strong smell? Well, they don't always say that, but I kind of read to, to try to decipher okay. what the words might mean to try to figure out if it's something that might actually, once I open it, um, you know, like knock me unconscious. <laughs> right, because you don't mind cheese that has a strong smell, specifically the blue cheese end of things, right? It's blue cheese, but there's some other like really strong smelling, um, like some really strong smelling French cheeses Okay, that I have bought accidentally. So this is, you know, lesson learned of experience Okay, that, um, that I've bought both here in the United States and also in France, um, where I had less of a chance of understanding what, and I was like, Comte, I like that. Didn't realize there are like 12 different versions of it. I bought the stinky <laughs> kind. Whoops. Um, but it's not blue cheese stinky. It's just kind of very astringent almost. Okay. Um, so it's like a normal cheese smell turned up to 11. Yeah. 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 I'm, this is where I just don't have the right words for yeah, it. Okay. But it's not a picnic in the Alps. I mean, to somebody it is, but (laughs) probably to those drunken goats. (laughs) So we've talked about uh, cheese as a comfort food. I talked about a lot of sort of memories, clearly fun memories and clearly like a consistency in my life. And and I think cheese is one of those things that it's such a day-to-day thing that like no matter if it's been a great time in my life, a stressful time in my life, it's it's a a thing that is always always there (laughs) for me, man. Uh, For you, what do you think of when you think of cheese being a comfort food oh um i mean i certainly i think i don't have the same association with it i think i do i do enjoy cheese and i do enjoy it as like a as a treat i enjoy tasting cheese i enjoy it on some things um, if it's kind of a fun cheese that has its own flavor as opposed to something that's you know like a block of fairly standard cheddar i'm not necessarily going to just cut a slice and eat it but i might you know like but not be like oh, yum yum i don't know yeah anyway, I, I i do that i know you do yeah, okay <laughs> and that's wonderful um <laughs> um but i don't know i got so distracted with cutting slices of cheddar i lost my three minute chain you, you're saying you don't know if it's a comfort thing so much as a little sampling thing yeah i think it's comfort about the ex- comfort about the experience yeah um and a lo- also, I think of cheese. I mean, we live in California, so this now, so this doesn't really matter, or it isn't really our reality. But that that idea of like, oh, it's cold out, so you're gonna put on a warm sweater and have some nice, thicky, um, nice, crusty, thick bread, and some butter and some cheese, and like it, that to me is the comfort. Okay. Role that it has, but when I think of comfort food, there's a lot of other foods that I probably would think of first. Okay, like what? Um. Like a good, like, vegetable pasty. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. It gets you working in the mines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a solid thing that's healthy for you that will actually make your body feel good? Yeah. Or, yeah. or just plain bread. Bread. Um, you know, like good crusty bread. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was going to ask, since uh, I perceive cheese to mostly be a comfort food, if it could be an excitement food. Yeah. Which I think it is. Totally. And I think it actually, that actually gels with our current enjoyment of it. Like, we have blocks of just standard cheese. And yes, some days uh, for lunch, uh, I will not even bother to make it a sandwich. I will have a piece of bread 
<laughs> and hunks of cheese. <laughs> and that will be my lunch because I have flaws and that's okay. Um, but, and then it's it's on, you know, pasta and sometimes we have grilled cheese and, you know, it, it, and sometimes macaroni and cheese and sometimes cheese is just present. But I think these sort of the moments where cheese is electrifying is like you're going to make cocktails or you're going to make a uh, um, a nice meal, but you've got some interesting, unique cheese at the store and we just cut off a slice. And you're you're just like, would you like a slice of X? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the same way of like when you're mixing cocktails, if you make just like if we want to try like, ooh, we have a new liqueur. Let's just try a little sample of that before the main dish or the main the main dish drink. Um so I, th- I feel like that. It's just like it's this fun little uh, cheese treat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, that's where I get most excited, which I know is what you said, of where it's exciting. But that's like I enjoy cheese on a lot of different foods. And, yeah. and I do enjoy it by itself. Absolutely. But I enjoy that feeling of excitement and like, ooh, I want to if we've been having kind of basic cheese. So I want to find something that's a little bit different and then find a time when we just want to slice of cheese or have yeah. a little pre-dinner appetizer yeah yeah and it, it, it's it's really great when you discover one that is good and surprising and weird and i get so excited and so happy even if i've already had <laughs> cheese for lunch that i get surprising <laughs> cheese this little uh, pre-dinner treat how lucky am i uh i've kind of asked this already but is there any food that you think cheese is not a good addition to either on the side or on it is there any food that cheese should not have a relationship with period for me yes <laughs> like what pad thai ramen <laughs> most stir fries yeah i mean a cherry pie here's the problem is you know it, i've had cheese on apple pie because that's a thing and it it's is? yeah it's in it's insanely good if you get the right cheese uh i believe for a a, a promotion from a for a book that a, um, an associate of ours was putting together we designed a taco donut yes, and we, we put did. cheese on a donut that was really good right and it shouldn't have been good and yet it was and normally i would say yeah you can't put cheese on cherry pie but knowing what we did to that donut can we dare we dream <laughs> okay cherry pie like especially because maybe like the right kind of mascarpone or something you, you know pull out your dessert cheeses but i'm gonna stick with my like you know kind of Pad Thai, ramen, yeah. at least for me, those are cheese-free zones. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I would imagine by now listeners are already uh, either starving or disgusted, so <laughs> uh, we're going to move on. We haven't done How Obsessed Are You questions in a while, and this felt like the kind of right topic, because yeah. I am curious to see what our actual obsession levels are at. Do you think about cheese every day? No. <laughs> Many days, because I'm yeah. cooking with it, but just like yeah. to sit and think about cheese, no. Yeah. I think I must because I I think about what I'm going to eat next mm-hmm. and it's almost always cheese. And if it's not, you're probably thinking about, well, it's not cheese now, but when's the next time I'm going to have cheese? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I do think about when can I try not to eat cheese because it is, you know, probably my last <laughs> vice that I, I do eat too much cheese, obviously. Um, but I think I also do. It, it is, again, I kind of wrestle with it because I don't want to be like, I like cheese, and that's my personal brand as a human, but it truly does give me joy, and there's something about the absurdity of this food that is both omnipresent. It's one of the like most basic foods that we have as humans, but then there are so, so many different like weird details of the exact kind of cheese and you know really gross fake chemical cheese to really you know high end very specially made in a specific part of the world cheese and that mm-hmm. I, I, there's an absurdity to me. That I enjoy, and I enjoy having, I enjoy thinking about cheese <laughs> uh, because I kind of enjoy how much I enjoy thinking about cheese. Yeah. The absurdity. I think that's great. Uh, would you want a large statue of cheese in our home? I mean, would it? W- it wouldn't be actual cheese. It would just be a statue commemorating the idea of cheese. Like, would it be just like a block? Well, it could be anything we want. Um. <laughs> I mean, it would depend on the size. If it were kind of like, okay, we're making this the focal point. Yeah. That would be um, probably not. But, okay. I, you know, I'd be open to discussion because it would be weird and a conversation piece. Okay. But in general, my first instinct is no. But if you're like, 
a like eight foot <laughs> sculpture on our shelf? Yeah. Sure. Eight foot? Eight foot, excuse me. <laughs> we have very large shelves. <laughs> we climb them. Um, <laughs> um, eight inches. Eight inches. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, okay. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, yeah, I think our current apartment is too small for a massive cheese sculpture. Mm-hmm. But if we had a nice uh, big place, mm-hmm. that would be really fun to have this like, you know, well-made by a sculpture artist. What looks like it's totally abstract, but then you get closer and you realize it's just like, a wedge of cheddar, beautifully rendered, <laughs> is a statue in our home. All different slices of cheese. <laughs> if a presidential candidate you already supported talked a lot about cheese, would that increase or decrease your excitement? Hmm. Um, I would say, if anything, it would in- increase it. It shows a level of humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for the people who eat cheese. Yeah. Like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> if they're like everybody has to eat a cheese or you're a bad person i would not like that no i think that's a little bit too absolute but if they were just kind of like so you know i want to talk but i just want to let you know i just had a great swiss cheese sandwich for lunch today i have no problem with that okay <laughs> fair enough if aliens came to earth and you were the person assigned to greet them would you feed them cheese yes but maybe as kind of a smorgasbord of other things Okay. Or on a smorgasbord of other things. Okay. So, yes, cheese is a, is a compliment food to you. You Well, no, it's both a compliment food and also I don't know what the aliens are used to eating. And <laughs> as we know, a lot of uh, humans are lactose intolerant and can't really eat cheese. True. So the aliens might also be lactose intolerant. And I don't want to give them something that's going to make them sick because then they might be mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like, have some cheese and some grapes. And if you want some meat, talk to somebody else. Okay. I... Except that you do not want to accidentally murder lactose intolerant aliens. Yeah, and that's and I don't want to make them you know, like angry. And who yeah. knows what their response is? Maybe then they're just like, whatever. Bam! I'm gonna knock you all in the head. <laughs> and I don't want to cause that to other people. I would uh, go to the aliens and say, <laughs> "Sesame Street has told me this is good." I chose to understand that is any amount of this is good always. <laughs> it's got calcium. Eat it, aliens. Yeah, but it would totally be like one of the first first few um, food items I would offer to them. Yeah, I mean, they would need to understand it because it, it, as they understand the rest of our culture and they see lots of commercials and like, you have many commercials for food where a human picks up a part of the food and then some stringy thing is in between... <laughs> The piece of food and the rest of the food. What is that? And that's supposed to be a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good that the humans can't fully detach that slice of food from the rest of the food. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's cheese. Here's why. <laughs> um, if you had a really great and rare piece of cheese, but a bear showed up, would you throw the trees to distract the bear? Oh. Or would you hold on to your cheese? Um... Can I tear the piece of cheese in half? (laughs) Yes, you can. You have cleverly found a way around the bear question. There's a possibility that I would hold on to the cheese. I I have to. (laughs) Uh, Can you make a noise to sum up your interest level in cheese? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard you make that actual noise. (laughs) It sounds like you're about to start uh, singing a country western song about cheese. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was. <laughs> uh, all right. How would you rate yourself uh, on the obsession scale uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, one being the lowest? Where would you put your cheese obsession? You know, I think I'm going to give myself a pretty solid six. Yeah. Because I do think about it enough to, th- to think about it, but not every day. Yeah. I do really enjoy eating it, um, but I don't feel obsessive over it. But I also know that, like, both the enjoyment of it and thinking about it is actually it would be a thing that is kind of one of the things in life that would be harder for me to give up completely yeah so i need to give myself at least some level of obsession yeah so six six i think that's pretty solid i would i would creep you up to seven would you because it's a pretty big staple in our house and when you are excited about cheese it is a a delight it's not Mm -hmm. a like stop everything but it's a very delightful treat that's true and then sometimes when i've bought a new cheese that i really want to share with you it's kind of like burning a hole in my you know, 
brain and telling me like, but when do I get to, when, <laughs> but we've got a fun cheese. Yeah. I think that's a seven. Okay. That, just that voice is a seven yeah. on the obsession okay. scale. Yeah. All right. Where are you going to put yourself? Well, I'm going to ask you some questions. Yeah. Uh, because I always talk my guests through this. Uh, I want to rate myself high, mm-hmm. but I also have that instinct to gatekeep myself. Because my obsession is about enjoying it. I am clearly not knowledgeable about it. And there are many people who are like absolute cheese experts or cheese makers who who know and understand the history and the, you know, intricacies of cheese. I just like gobbling it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a part of me that feels like I should knock myself down for not being knowledgeable about cheese. I disagree. I feel like there's a lot of different ways to be obsessed with something. And your way of being obsessed with something is thinking about it and eating it. <laughs> Somebody else's version of being obsessed about it might be to learn a lot about it, but maybe they don't even like to eat it. Oh, yeah. True. True. All right. Then I'm going to give myself a nine and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think I'm holding back? I think you are. Okay. Do you think I'd go I think all the way to 10? you might be a full 10. A full 10 obsessed with cheese. It's easier to work obsessions into your life when you can eat them. <laughs> That's true. That's very <laughs> But that is true. That is true. I have literally said to myself, like at a convention where, you know, I sometimes don't have full control over what I'm eating because a bunch of people want to go to this restaurant and I go to that restaurant and, you know, too many panels can't eat until this time that I have said to myself, like on day two or three of a convention, like, I just need some damn cheese. Because... <laughs> <laughs> It is a staple of my diet and my life. Uh, we are going to move on to the plugging section of the podcast. Can you tell people where they can find you on the old social media? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. And you can find me on uh, Instagram at Scrimstreet. Yeah. And do you want to plug your uh, Greystone meditation videos as well? Yes. If you heard us talk last week or even if you didn't, you can find those videos at beverlyhills.org slash meditation Monday. Ooh, yeah. And you know what? Let's plug the Greystone theater videos too. Yeah. While we're at it. Um, so fun new videos. There's two of them up so far. There will be more soon. And you can find those at beverlyhills.org slash Greystone Theater. And guess what? You'll get to the page no matter which way you spell. Okay, no. You can spell theater (laughs) (laughs) E-R-R-E. Yes, you can't spell it with random symbols, but yeah. But yeah, so this is very cool. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. Uh, We've we've talked about Greystone before, uh, historic mansion and gardens that you work at. Uh, the family had a theater, a home cinema, uh, that uh, Sarah helped uh, in, in the entire process to revitalize it and re- remodel it. Uh, restore. Restore. It. Mm-hmm. restore, not remodel. Restore. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to get my re-word wrong. Restore. And then in order to share this awesome, beautiful, cool theater uh, in our current uh, stressful times, uh, you helped. You, well, you filmed these things, right? These... Well, I did not pers- personally do the filming, but we... You facilitated. We faci- I facilitated having some solo performers come in and do safe, you know, with the... People operating the cameras safely, physically distant from each other. Yeah. Um, that we're sharing online and broadcasting on the Beverly Hills TV channel. Yeah. So there's some great monologues, some great musical uh, performances, and you get to see the beautiful, awesome theater. Yeah. Yeah. And each one has a little kind of um, after segment that's a quick little between two and five minutes about the actual restoration process. Yeah. Yeah. Not the remodeling process, the <laughs> restoration process. I'm bad. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And as always, huge thanks to everybody who has supported the podcast over these years on Patreon. has really, really helped out a lot uh, with keeping the podcast going. And if there are uh, if you want to help people some other ways, there's a list of great resources at uh, blacklivesmatter.com. And because we are getting very, very close to that time, too, I'll also suggest if anybody hasn't to check out the uh, website iwillvote.com uh, that has a bunch of resources to make sure that you are registered and to figure out all you need for voting. All right, we are going to move on to our final questions. If you could jump backwards or forwards in time, which would you choose? Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, that's a really hard question, and you want a simple answer, don't you? <laughs> no, um, I want you to work through the complex process. I mean, there's a lot of times in the past that I'd like to jump backwards to for a short time yeah. and then come back to the modern time. 
I admit right now, like I'm feeling a lot of the fear and anxiety about climate change. So part of me also wants to jump forward to be like, did we figure anything out or is it actually horrible? So <laughs> and uh, come back with that information. And come back. I mean, I would understand if I'm not allowed to tell people. I don't know. I'd want to tell people. Uh, they wouldn't believe me. You would um, ask a time bureau for the rules. And I would. Etiquette. I would. I think. I think right now I'm gonna choose jump forward just to see how badly we mess things up. <laughs> Is that with hope that you can change it? It's with hope that we figure it out. It's to give me, um, seeing the future will give me hope for the present. Okay, but what if you jump forward and it's like, yeah, no, uh, climate change is, uh, everybody should have listened, really, really, really big problems. Then I'll come back and start shouting louder. Nice, nice. Uh, That is a great way to use time travel, (laughs) is a reason to shout louder. (laughs) Uh, If you could successfully program yourself to dream about anything, what would you want to dream about? Ooh, um, flying through space. (laughs) In a ship or just, uh, just your body? I mean, it's a dream. So whether it's like in a ship or like I just have a spacesuit that allows me to propel through space. Um, you know, whatever the dream logic works, but I think that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, where does that, that's so interesting. Where do you think that, you answer that extremely fast. Where do you think that instinct comes from? Is that also just kind of dealing with the, is that in case <laughs> things don't work out <laughs> with climate change here no, on old planet Earth? I hadn't even thought about that. I just, <laughs> it just sounded like that would be a really fun thing to dream about and sounds um Really and very interesting, especially if I could remember my dreams after I get to have these dreams. Yeah. Um, and you know, it seems appropriate for nighttime sleeping. Oh yeah, to darkness. be darkness, <laughs> dark in space, unless you're really close to you know a sun. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, I look forward to you being able to hop forward in time and then fly into space <laughs> to get the materials we need to prevent climate change. Shouting louder and flying in space. That's what Sarah's going to be up to next. Uh, final question is always is what is happiness? Happiness is having a good piece of unexpected cheese. (laughs) Unexpected cheese. I hope you all encounter some unexpected cheese. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. We did not talk about one of the weirdest cheeses, string cheese. Do you oh. like cheese that you have to pull apart with your very hands? Yeah. What's wrong with us? Um, I So I haven't had string cheese for a while, but I used to absolutely love string cheese. <laughs> Why? Because I loved pulling it apart. It was so fun. And it had those little like strands. And sometimes you pulled it apart with your fingers and sometimes you pulled it apart with your teeth. And you'd see how many like little strings you could um, make it be. Not, like You don't want it just to be like three strings. You want to like be like... Seven or right, 12. Right, right. You can eat cheese and make a game of it. Yeah. 